0: We are the plan.
1: If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time.
0: We are Conservative Daily. Welcome, guys. Welcome. We have an early edition, a special episode of uh, Conservative Daily today. We're going to be going for the next two hours. So first, we're going to play uh, Clerk Dal Schroeder's uh, his presentation from the 18th. Uh, If you want to know what really happened in Elbert County, you have to watch this. And then at 4 o'clock, Joe's going to be here, and they are going to be live. We have Dallas in studio. Uh, So pay close attention, take some notes, and make sure you share this. This is going to be a very enlightening uh, few hours. So thank you all for being here, and uh, God bless you. Uh, We'll get right started now. Walk that journey with us.
3: But you know what? When you're a person of integrity, it's not usually easy. When you stand up for what's right, it's generally not easy. And we're so blessed to see you all here tonight because I know that most of you are here because you are truly devoted to election integrity in every possible way. And you have done many things to make sure that we maintain election integrity here in Elbert County. So it is my great privilege And thank you for sitting on the bleachers back here. Uh, It is my great privilege to introduce our presenter tonight, Mr. Dallas Schroeder. Thank Thank you.
4: Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, That means a lot. Um, As Dee said, this evening is an evening for anybody that thinks election integrity is important, for anybody who thinks election transparency is important. Tonight isn't intended to be a partisan event. It's not intended to uh, go and stray into the political realm. It's intended just to talk about elections and transparency and openness so everybody can be assured that the outcomes that we have on election night are the true, fair, and accurate outcomes. So if you're here tonight um, and you have a preconceived notion of what you might hear or what you might think, if you came here already thinking you knew everything, I'm just going to ask you to throw it all out. Just clean everything out of your mind. We're going to have a blank slate. And at the end of the night, you can make your decisions on what goes on in the uh, Colorado elections and Elbert County elections, and see how much confidence you have in them. You know, in, in life, uh, there's times that you encounter a big decision, right? You know that there's going to be a big decision that you have coming up, and uh, it's going to be one that affects you for the rest of your life. So the first one for me uh, was March 17th, 1984. I always remember that, that date. That was the day uh, that I made the decision I was going to give my life to Christ. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior and was baptized that day. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I've made mistakes. I still make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes in the future. But what it does mean, it means that I am forgiven. And that is a decision that I have no regrets over. Another big decision uh, that I had, and that all of you probably have had or will have, uh, is a decision on uh, who you're going to marry. Uh, that, that's one that's going to affect you the rest of your life, uh, right? I see a few chuckles here. Everybody agrees, agrees with that. Well, on June 1st, 1992, was the day that I married my, my bride here, Rebecca. And we just celebrated 30 years together this past June, I could not have a more perfect supporter, encourager, helper in my life. And that's not only just over the last 18 months, but that's been over the over 30 years. So that was another big decision. And you know what? I have no regrets over that one either. Well, I had another big decision that happened uh, last summer. And that, that question, that question was, to image or not to image? That was the question. Okay, so those of you who know me know that's a little bit of a, it's a laugh line. Now we're talking about a serious topic today uh, in an election integrity and transparency, but I got a few little things in there, and so it's okay to laugh. We'll be, we'll be good with that too. Um, but it's important. So uh, we had a decision. I had a decision to make last summer. And to do so had consequences. Just like every big decision that we have. I knew that if I went ahead with the decision of imaging, I'd have disagreements and I would be disparaged by other election colleagues throughout the state and the country. And that's happened. I knew I would be the receiver of some wrath from the Secretary of State's office. That's happened. I knew there was a potential for criminal investigation. Even though there was nothing criminal about anything that I did, that doesn't mean that they can't bring charges. And I knew that what we did was right. It was the right thing to do. Yet I know when people stand up and for the truth, sometimes they get punished for that. And I was prepared to do that. Another thing I went through my mind was potential threats against me or my family. That's no small thing to think about. And uh, thankfully to some of the uh, press releases that the secretaries put out, I've received some uh, very uh, colorful uh, emails and colorful uh, voice messages. Uh, One a few months ago, uh, the guy mentioned that he liked to come punch me in the nose. And that particular day, I would have liked to have seen him. Um, It was just one of those days. Uh, But that happened. And that was one of those uh, things, those, those possible consequences. And so for many people, when they face consequences like that, they find it that it's easier the easier path is to go along to get along. But you know what? That was just something I could not do. Because if I didn't do the image, it also had consequences. It would mean I would turn my back on my search for truth and transparency. It means for the rest of my life I'd have to look at my kids and grandkids and say I had an opportunity to do something and I didn't do it. More importantly, it means I would have to look myself in the mirror for the rest of my life, knowing I had an opportunity to do something and didn't do it. So I'm proud to say that on August 26th of last year, I made the decision that Elbert County elections would make forensic images of the Elbert County voting system. We made images of all our hard drives. We have two ICC computers. Those are the computers that where the scanning takes place. We have two of those. We made the forensic images on those hard drives. Our adjudication computer and our election management server, which, by the way, had two hard drives in it. And they had different... Uh, levels of data on each of the drives. Five drives we made that night. And I'll tell you what led to that that decision to make those is what the rest of the story is for tonight. I'm gonna lead you up to the things that came across my desk and across my computer that made me make that decision that we had to make those drives. And after that, I'll talk to you about what has happened since August uh, up through today. My focus and my talk tonight will be strictly on the drives. As many of you know, we've had a few other disagreements with the Secretary of State's office over the past year. And perhaps some of those will be addressed later at the question time. Uh, but my presentation tonight will be strictly on the drives and what happened. Our story starts in November of 2020, the presidential election. For Elbert County elections, that election went off without a hitch. Now, I know we, uh, us in the election world have a different definition of what a good election is. For us, it's, we got everything uh, perfectly balanced, everything worked out. Uh, we're not so much worried about the outcome when we our, have our elections hats on. And that election for Ele- Elbert County was perfect. It was perfectly balanced. We had the exact number of uh, ballots scanned of what we would received. Uh, everything was just perfect as far as the election side uh, with that election. But as you know, there was noise that started fairly quickly and continued to amplify throughout the country that maybe there was issues uh, with that election. And quite frankly, I was just concerned about us. Uh, We were, we were good, right? Whatever those other states do, uh, whatever's going on over there, I don't know their rules. I don't know their regulations. Would I like to have the opportunity to sit down with some of those election officials and talk to them and ask questions about things that I've heard that went on in those other states? Absolutely. Uh, but that's not, that's not possible, it's not feasible. And so really all I could focus on is Elbert County and what we were doing in Elbert County was working. It seemed like everything was going along smoothly and so I was, I was pleased. But as that noise continued to grow into December and into January of 2021, I encountered something at the Colorado County Clerks Association meeting and it's the first time that made me go, hmm, something doesn't ring true here. And that was, we had a, a gentleman that presented, and of course he presented remotely because of COVID, uh, but a gentleman named, by the name of Matt Masterson, uh, worked with the DHS, uh, Department of Homeland Security, worked with uh, the EAC, Elections uh, Federal Authority. We had him this just last week at the association as well. And he's currently working with Microsoft and Google on uh, stuff online. And what he said to us that late January of 21, uh, I was sitting with uh, Rhonda Braun, my elections manager. You all know her. She does a great job. (laughs) We were sitting there listening to Matt make his presentation. And in the middle of his presentation, he says, well, we're going to start doing some aggressive work against this mis, dis, and vowel information. And he said, we're going to use the same algorithms to combat mis, dis and malinformation in elections as we have in COVID. And he's talking specifically about online, the social media platforms, how they were using algorithms to try and suppress um, what they considered to be mis, dis and malinformation against COVID. They were gonna start using those same algorithms to suppress anything that they didn't agree with on the election side. Now, there's a reason that the First Amendment says that we have freedom of speech, and that extends to social media platforms. And when we have government or big tech or whoever that are using algorithms to keep us from expressing our opinions because they think that it's mis, dis, and mal information, I have a problem with it. It doesn't make sense to me. They, should not, they shouldn't do that. If they can't compete in the marketplace of ideas, then they lose, right? Yeah. They lose. And so when, when Matt made that uh, statement, Rhonda and I looked at each other and were like, did you just hear what I heard? That they're going to try and suppress people's opinions on what happened with the election, just like they have with COVID? So that was the first time that I really, really raised a question in my mind. Now, through the end of the winter and into the spring, we had lots of conversations in the Elections Department. We have a policy in Elbert County elections that no matter who you are, what your political affiliation is, conservative, liberal, whoever you are, if you come in and you have questions about elections and you want to sit down and have a conversation and we can have respectful disagreements, we're good with that. And we will sit and talk to you for as long as it, it takes. And we have people on both sides of the aisle come in uh, during that spring with questions. What's going on? What are we doing? What's, what's Elbert County doing? What do you think about what's going on in, in these different places? All we could answer is what was going on in Colorado and what we had. What we but it was obvious that the, the questions over election integrity and transparency were not going away. So finally, I made the decision. We would do a hand count of the presidential election with the goal of finding what the truth was. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, that wasn't, we didn't care. What we were looking for was finding the truth. Finding the truth has always been what we're seeking. During that recount, we found three discrepancies. We could attribute them all to, to voter error. So the, the ballots that were presented to the, the machines, the, our dominion system, counted correctly. You'd think that maybe would put everything to rest. Uh, we had people on this side saying, yay, Elbert County did a hand count. And we had people on this side saying, yay, Elbert County did a hand count. Um, so it's kind of funny uh, that everybody was happy we did a hand count. Uh, but yet, no one's too excited about doing a hand count uh, today. Also in May, we were scheduled for our trusted build. Our upgrade was to take place at the end of May. Now, the Trusted Build, for those of you that don't know, is when the state comes in every couple years and they completely wipe our machines. All those computers that I talked about, the hard drives we made, the, the state comes in, they completely wipe those, those hard drive, drives and reinstall the new system on those, on those drives. And they call it a Trusted Build and they have the golden image that they bring out and, and they put it in there. Well, part of uh, what they had put in place, the email that they sent us uh, on the date that we had uh, scheduled was that we would have a limited number of people in the room and that everybody in the room had to wear masks and gloves because of COVID. This was just last May, okay? So um, I had made a promise to my staff um, that we weren't going to mask up. Um, we are fortunate enough to have a building that, if necessary, we can keep the public out and still do our business through the drive-thru. Uh, and I made a promise to my staff that uh, we weren't going to make uh, them to do that. Uh, they were certainly welcome to. We had some that did for a while, uh, but with no, no qualms. Uh, but I certainly wasn't going to make it a requirement. And so when we saw that, I saw that on the requirement that the Secretary of State's office was coming to my house to put uh, restrictions on my people. I pushed back, and I said, no, we're not going to do it. Um, I don't care if your people come in hazmat suits. um, That's fine. Um, But our people will be uh, free-flowing. And they didn't necessarily agree with that, Um, and so we went back and forth a few times, and we ended up postponing uh, the trusted bill. Uh, Hopefully, they had said to a a time when maybe we wouldn't have those restrictions uh, anymore. Now, the secretary is convinced that uh, this was all part of the conspiracy, and I was just using COVID as, as an excuse to postpone it. But in all reality, if they have showed up at the end of the May, I didn't have enough information. I didn't know enough to say no. We would have gone ahead with, with the trusted build. Um, but they, it's kind of funny listening and re- reading some of their writings. They're, they're sure that there was a huge conspiracy at that point. Uh, but that's how, that's how uh, adamant I was about our, our not making my ladies. Uh, succumb to their COVID uh, restrictions. So over the summer, uh, more more questions popped up, and one of the questions that propped up was whether or not ProVNV, V, um, who was a uh, lab that was supposed to certify uh, the the Dominion system that we used, five point one one whether they were certified by the AEC to be able to do that certification. And uh, their name is uh, ProVNV. And one of the first documents that I had that came up, and then we'll start using some of them on the screen here. Now, anything that you see red circled in red, the next slide is going to be bigger so we can read it. But I just want you to see the whole, the whole document there. This is the Certificate of Accreditation for ProVNV. They're out of Huntsville, Alabama, uh, to be a VSTL. Um, certified to look at election software and to certify it. If you look where it was circled there, um, it has an effective date. Effective date through February 24th 2017. Now, how many people think that means that's when it expires? Okay. That kind of makes sense, but that's that's kind of the crux of our, our argument here. They did go through accreditation. They did get accredited in uh, February of 21. They have a new accreditation uh, certificate. And this one has a little bit different. Instead of having an expiration date, it says the original accreditation is issued on 224.15 and it remains effective until revoked by a vote of the EAC pursuant to U.S. Code 52.109.10971. I like how they changed how that uh, certification was. So that's, what has, that's where it's at now. And they did to go through the process, and they were certified in February, and I'll show you the documentation uh, on that. We just have a hole in the middle.
1: Uh, tired of feeling like someone's always watching on the Internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you. IP vanish is a solution for you. You can use IP vanish on your, your computer, tablets phones. you can use it on multiple devices at the same time without sacrificing speed. Um, for you, and, and here's the thing. it, it, it blocks advertisers, hackers, um, your ISP. Third parties from getting access to information to you, uh, blocks people from getting access to your passwords. All the data is encrypted. And for our listeners, you can get 70% off their yearly plan for listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button. A disclaimer: If you are using things True Social, you have to turn off the VPN. If you are using things like uh, VMix, uh, Chevy apps, or things like that, so there are some things that does need a dedicated IP, um, and it recognizes that. So just keep that in mind. So go to ipvanish.com/daily, use promo code daily, and save your seventy percent off.
4: So this art, this picture right here is from uh, the EAC website, and it talks about uh, all the different uh, stations. Uh, the different accreditations that they needed to go through uh, to get done. So if you look, the bottom line there was in it in, in 2012 uh, when they were going through their initial time of certification and they have a recommendation letter, conditions of practices, and so forth. Then you see it jumps, the certificate uh, 224, when we see the, the certificate that expired two years later in, in February of 17th. The next thing we have on there is a renewal memo from January of 21. Okay. This is still on the EAC website today. Okay, I pulled this picture off yesterday. So there was questions about whether or not uh, V was a certified agency when they certified Dominion System 5.11. We received uh, a memo. We get lots of memos. This one was from the uh, uh, EAC, and uh, you'll notice that there's no date on it, and there's no signature on it. It's just a memo that was sent to us. I want to point out two different things that are on there along with this question, because there were questions that were popping up uh, to the state and other places on whether or not they were truly certified. And the one paragraph starts out with, due to administrative error during 2017 and 2019, the AC did not issue an updated certificate, causing confusion with some people concerning the good status. You think? That memo goes on at the bottom and it says V and V was accredited by the EAC on February 24th, 2015, and SLI compliance, which is here in Colorado, was accredited by EAC on February 28, 2007. Federal law provides the EAC accreditation of a voting system test laboratory cannot be revoked unless the EAC commissioners vote to revoke their accreditation. And this has been their argument every time this is brought up. It's never been revoked. It's never been revoked. It's never been revoked. We're not talking about a revocation. We're talking about an expiration. It's two different things. So the next time you all get pulled over by the uh, law enforcement, I know none of you ever would, um, and you have that uh, uh, expired driver's license because you didn't, didn't go get it renewed, uh, just try that with uh, that uh, law enforcement. Well, it's never been revoked, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's still expired. It still doesn't work. There's still something that had to, had to take place. So all these things are, are rolling around my head. It's starting to create questions about where we are uh, with the system. Then this last letter that we came across kind of put me over the top. It just kind of makes me shake my head. It comes from uh, a, a guy that we actually know, Jerome Lovato. Um, and he sent this uh, letter out. He was with uh, the election assistance uh, EAC. And here's what his letter says. And if that's one was dated. If you look, it was have a date on it uh, of January of 2021. ProV&V has completed all requirements to remain in good standing with the EAC's testing and certification program per section 3.8 of the Voting System Test Laboratory Manual version 2.0. And he quotes it. Expiration and renewal of accreditation. A grant of accreditation is valid for a period not to exceed 2 years. Follows right along with what the certificate said. A VSTL's accreditation expires on the date the, the annotated on the certificate. Of accreditation. And then the footnote at the bottom is what really, really made me scratch my head. Due to the outstanding circumstances posed by COVID-19, the renewal process for EAC laboratories has been delayed for an extended period. While this process continues, ProVNV retains, an e, retains its EAC VSTL accreditation. Now, I don't know about you all, um, but I didn't know anything about COVID in 2017, 2017, right? How, how can we go back and, and blame not getting certified in 2017 on COVID? I don't know. Um, another one of those things that made me scratch my head and took me farther along, saying something just isn't, isn't making sense here. Another one of the questions that came up during that summer Um, We we know that we have commercial off-the-shelf products for all of our systems, and um, we have some some confusion exactly when we we became aware of that, what that meant, Uh, but what that means is that there are wireless devices in every single one of our equipment. All of our computers, all of our touch screens, all of that equipment has wireless devices embedded in it. And that summer it became uh, last summer, more and more people were becoming aware of that, and, and actually was being, being stated out in the open and that made me scratch my head because we'd always been told uh, that these machines were not connected to the Internet. And so we, we went we went through it and it made a lot it made, just started creating more questions for me, right how we have this system. Now some of you probably are more um, uh, technologically aware than I am. Uh, But I've been told that if there's a wireless device in the system, even if it's turned off, that doesn't mean it can't be turned back on, right? With the right way to do it. So that become a problem for me because how am I supposed to know if anybody has used that wireless device to access our system? The only way I can do it is through a forensic image of the drives to see if there's been, uh, what activity has happened on that backside. So that became a real, real question for me on these, these wireless devices uh, in the system. Incidentally, uh, before last election, 2021, that was the first time we had any guidance from the state to even check and make sure and verify that our system wasn't connected. You understand that? How many years have we gone with this system? Last fall was the first time that they told us to even check it. Uh, the funny part is that for the primary election, they said we should check it multiple times. Yeah. right. That's taken a, it's a snapshot over a period of time. What is that gonna tell us? I don't know. Um, but that was, that was interesting that they finally have admitted and said we need to start, start checking that. So that put a lot of questions in my mind as well as far as what capabilities are within our, within our system. Thirdly, we had a paper put out by uh, the US Department of Justice. Uh, it was published on July 28th, 2021. And it has some interesting things uh, to say as well, and we have those available if anybody wants a copy of the whole the whole blue paper, uh, several pages long. But I've just extracted uh, what's important here. So one of the sentences says the materials covered by section three hundred one extend beyond papers to include other records. Jurisdictions must therefore also retain and preserve records created in digital or electronic form. It's a must. It's not a, if you want to, it's a must. Also in that document, it says it provides that, quote, "...all documents and records that may be relevant to the detection or prosecution of federal civil rights or election crimes must be maintained if the documents or records were generated in connection with an election that included one or more federal candidates." And lastly, this is because the document retention requirements of this federal law place the retention and safekeeping duties squarely on the shoulders of election officials. This is the U.S. Justice Department paper. So my question to you is, with all this information, I put together and and had a lot of help and people supplying information, With all that information, I made the decision that we needed to copy the drives of the Elbert County system. Now, you know and what I know, what choice did I have? You follow the law or you don't follow the law. Do you know what? Making a forensic copy is not unusual. Even our Dominion contract calls for it. Subsection in our contract, under prohibited acts, it says the licensee shall not, without prior written permission of the licensor, transfer a copy to any other storage device or hardware or otherwise copy the software in whole or part except for purposes of a system backup. CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Administration, orders it for other government agencies. Uh, This is taken from an emergency directive 2101 and to mitigate the solarwinds Orion code compromise. There was a hack within the, the system on this, and CISA, which falls under Department of Homeland Security, uh, was given some orders. Uh, in response to a known reasonably suspected information security threat vulnerability or incident that represents a substantial threat to the information, the, the agency and, acts, issues an emergency declaration that... All agencies conduct a forensically image, their system, memory, and host operating systems when that occurred. It was ordered from CISA to these agencies to do. They're aware of what a forensic image is and and what it does. I want to go back to this uh, question on on vulnerability here. Uh, Fairly recently, uh, the director of the County Clerks Association uh, during the uh, spring session sent a letter to uh, all of the uh, legislatures in uh, Denver. Uh, We have some in the building today, appreciate you guys, appreciate your work. Uh, In that, uh, the the director uh, admitted there were vulnerabilities within the system that they're working to take care of. Uh, Just a very few short weeks ago, before the uh, Halderman report came out, um, Professor Halderman out of Michigan had a report on the vulnerabilities of, of voting machines. They're not the same exact type that we use here in Colorado, but it's a vulnerability uh, within a voting uh, system. We were on a call with the Secretary of State's office, and they said, you know what, that's one of the reasons why we do the trusted build is that we take care of all those vulnerabilities, and we're pretty sure that whatever comes out in the Halderman report, we've already taken care of in the trusted build. Hey, no one had seen the Halderman <laughs> report yet. How they were sure that they took care of all the vulnerabilities, I don't know. Uh, but that's what, what we were told. But here the, in the U.S. Code, it talks about if there are vulnerabilities... Uh, that they have the ability to uh, have a forensic image made. The EAC also defines, the AC de- this is the copy of the EAC decision on request and interpretation of 2009-04, uh, um, talking about a request for interpretation of audit logs. Audit logs is what we're talking about, what we were after with the, uh, making the image of the drives. I won't read all this, you can read it if you want to, but it says the purpose of the numerous audit log requirements from ballot creation through the accumulation of the election's official results, it is necessary for the system or systems to record and retain a log of all, all, I didn't make that bolder, they did it, all significant events. For the purposes of a voting system, audit log requirement event, event is defined as the following. Talks about the uh, impact upon election data, the management or integrity of the voting system or configuration, setup and delivery, all the things of what we need to take a log for. And it closes by saying, examples of significant events include booting up and shutting down of a system, logging into and signing off a system, failed attempts at logging into the system. Think those are all important things that we should know if those were happening to our system? Yeah. And with the election time we have, all we, all we know, we don't have access to that back door. And that's what we're looking at for the drives. Dee's already telling me I've got to stop, and I've got 15 pages left.
1: This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online available to everyone across the entire country.
4: So how did we do it? Well, we wanted to follow the law. We wanted to make sure that we did it right. It would be above reproach. So we need to maintain chain of custody, which we did. We made the images of all five hard drives. We had nothing to hide. We did it under surveillance. And perhaps you've seen the pictures of me looking like a Sasquatch walking around, uh, that they they must have combed through that video hours to find that one picture where I looked like a Sasquatch walking, Uh, but they found it. Uh, But we did it under surveillance. We had nothing to hide. We did it right. Most of the time it was Ron and myself in the room, but we did have other authorized staff who was present for a short period of time. And at the time we did that, there was no prohibition to doing that. Later on, there was. She made a rule. The question became, who was it given to? Um, It was given to my attorneys uh, under the confidentiality of current client privilege. And they have both signed uh, affidavits saying nothing happened to those drives while they were in their possession. In November of 2021, I joined a lawsuit against the Secretary of State's office. In the course of that preliminary information, I disclosed that Elbert County had made images to the hard drives seeking the courts to order an evaluation of those drives. Part of that lawsuit included uh, figuring out whether or not ProVNV was actually certified, not using a federally accredited lab to certify our system. The deletion of election records through trusted build. Some of the election rules prohibiting outside audits and SOS making voter registration changes in SCORE, which is against state law. Well, we got their attention. On January 24th, 2022, the SOS put out a press release. And the press release stated, um, my office became, this is uh, Jenna speaking, uh, Ms. Griswold, my office became aware of a potential breach in election security protocols in Elbert County. It makes it sound like she's got some super sleuths running around checking on everybody and making sure that uh, what's going on. Um, we told them. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a secret. Um, they became aware because we told them. But that's what the press release said, okay? How the spin was. In addition to that, uh, the press release, uh, Rhonda signs up to get their press releases. Uh, their press release was sent out at 12.32 p.m. And when you look at this, uh, they notified me at 12.36 p.m. Uh, the press knew what was going on before I did. Uh, and we have experienced that uh, many times uh, over the last few months. Uh, the Secretary of State's office will notify uh, through a press release uh, before we are even notified of what, what action uh, they're taking against us. But when she put out the election order, she changed the story a little bit. It wasn't that they were super sleuths finding it out, but they actually stated what happened that the Department of State was made aware of an affidavit signed by Elbert County Clerk Recorder, Al Schroeder. A little bit different, isn't it? A little bit different. Well, I didn't comply with all our election orders, which included turning over the drives. Uh, we tried to compromise and say, you could come look at one drive, we'll keep one hidden, you can look at that one, make sure that, you know, we, have, we told you we haven't been into it, you can verify that, and then we'll, we'll swap out, but we're not putting them both at the same place at the same time. We tried a lot of different ways to make it work. She was adamant that she wanted the drives, and so she sued us. Now before the court date, I sent a letter to the Secretary of State's office. Uh, Christopher Beale is the Deputy Secretary of State. Uh, They made a new election rule. Uh, This uh, uh, Secretary of State likes to make a lot of rules. Uh, We have new emergency rules happening uh, all the time. And one of the emergency rules, I put it in my letter, was 20.6.3, a county clerk may not create, permit, or any person to create or disclose to any person an image of the hard drives of any voting system component without the express written approval by and in coordination with the Department of State. So what I, I took this to mean is uh, what we did in August was okay. There was no, no rule then, right? Yeah. Uh, to me, it kind of made, uh, it worked to our favor. But it also meant to me that uh, we had an opportunity. And so I wrote a letter to Chris Beal uh, in this last one and said you know um elbert county would really like to make a, a forensic image of our our drives and in the letter i said coordinating with elbert county would benefit to the secretary of state in two ways one we would be able to prove certain allegations false and maintaining the department of state's assertion that Colorado elections are truly the gold standard and that colorado citizens can have complete confidence in and i said the second main thing would, would help it will further show the citizens of colorado that our elections have complete transparency and security protocols within the Dominion system. Well, they pretended like they didn't know what I was asking for, and so they sent a reply back, and so then I had to send another clarification of what I was asking for. And with that one, I put a a plan. My plan would be to preservation these records, would make two copies. One would stay at my office, the other would be stored at a separate location under my control for the preservation of data in case of flood, fire, some other act of God, or burglary. I don't know anyway. <laughs> It is my understanding that this is a standard practice for sensitive information, both in the public and private arenas. I also believe the score system backup is in a separate location also. And you can imagine that our request for a forensic image of the Elmer County voting system as it exists today, they said we must deny that request for reasons outlined above. Uh, now, they didn't put it in big, bold, red letters. That was me, um, They wanted to, um, but they didn't. Well, from there, then we had our court case. And many of you um, attended that court case, and I am forever grateful for that. Uh, It's great to have support like that. Uh, That court case um, didn't turn out exactly like we wanted it. Um, We had an hour-long hearing. Um, At the end of the hearing, the judge says, we'll figure out what we're going to do. Um, Three hours later, he had a several-page opinion paper that was released. Um, He's an incredibly fast writer. That's all I've got to say. Now, if you remember back when I said when we started to do this, we were going to follow the law and order. We were going to do things the right way. And so we did that. On May 4th, uh, my attorney and myself went to the AG's office um, and turned those over to Jenna's Griswold's attorney's. Now, the interesting thing about that, she maintained throughout the, the time that these unauthorized individuals that I'd given these drives to shouldn't have had those, um, but they were my attorneys, protected by attorney-client privilege. Who did she have me to turn them over to? Her attorney. Uh, I find a little irony in that. Um, but anyway, that's what happened. We've had several people ask us, why would you turn them over? You should have kept them. You should have let them them be uh, examined. But our goal was to follow the law. And that means sometimes things happen that we don't necessarily like or don't necessarily agree. Some of you have heard me talk about how um, Rush Limbaugh really shaped a lot how I think and how I I work. And uh, we miss him greatly during this time. it, sometimes I still catch myself trying to turn the, the radio on at noon and it's just not, just not there. But it's so crystal clear in my mind when the first, I think it's the, when the first assault weapons ban took place under President Clinton, there was a lot of people that called in to, to Rush's show and they were upset and they were ready to, to do whatever it could to, to make sure they could still maintain their Second Amendment rights. And Rush maintained uh, calm through all that. And he argued with the people, people that were in his own audience. He says, no, we have got to be the people who are of law and order, who will follow the laws. Because if we don't, we will be a country that descends into chaos. And that made such an impression on me that I knew that that was something I had to follow as well. We will follow the law. Now, that doesn't mean that if we don't fight like crazy if we see something wrong with the law, right? We can do everything we can in our country right now to get the right people elected to change the laws of what we want. But we need to be people who follow the law. If we don't, if we are not, then we're no different than the BLM rioters, the Antifa rioters, or the leaker of the Roe versus Wade decision. And that is not a way that we should, should act. It's not a partisan issue, not a political issue. It should be the goal of every American and the law has to be applied equally, fairly, and without political bias. There is a reason that Lady Justice has a blindfold. Well, on our drives front with our, our images, things kind of slowed down after, after the court case. Uh, we were busy, we, had, we administered the park and Recollection. election, um, we did that as well, we did a hand count with it and verified that the machine counted every ballot that went through there, the Dominion system counted every ballot correctly that went through there. And then we were on to the uh, primary season, uh, we were busy, uh, Secretary of State's office was busy, and so it kind of, kind of slowed down. But I had the opportunity, things got a little bit quiet, and I was able to write a letter uh, once again to Mr. Beal, the Deputy Secretary of State, on July 27th, asking for two things, and I had reasons for that. One of them was that I am still the chief custodian of all election records in Elbert County. That includes the drives that are in the possession of the AG's office or Secretary of State's office or whoever has them right now. I am the chief, chief custodian of that. And as such, I informed the Secretary of State's office that Elbert County would like to retain those drives beyond the 22-month federal requirement and beyond the 25-month state requirement. Since these drives are now under your direction and control, I assume you'll take the proper action to ensure these drives are maintained and preserved in a safe environment. Second thing that was in my letter, talk talked way back, remember the blue paper the U.S. Justice Department put out? Well, there's another section in there. And it allows for administrative procedures to be in place, giving election officers ultimate management authority on retention and security of records, including the right to physically access such records. Went on to say this responsibility is enumerated in 50, U.S. Code 52-20701 and CRS 17802. And I wish to verify that the drives are still in good condition, have not been tampered with, and to record what security protocol was implemented if inspections of the drives had taken place. And I requested for this to take place in the next two weeks. Guess what I heard back from them? Nothing. So I guess we'll be getting another, another letter together. So I feel we have that responsibility. I wanna thank a lot of people for tonight. Uh, the election staff uh, has done great. Uh, they they don't want to be named by names, uh, but they've been incredibly uh, dedicated over the last 18 months. Uh, they fielded a lot of phone calls they shouldn't have had to field uh, because of my actions, and I'm I'm grateful uh, for the work uh, that they do. Uh, Rhonda has been by, yeah. <clears throat> Rhonda has been by my side uh, the whole way, um, working with me, uh, talking with me. Um, we're, we're a great team and uh, sometimes I have to tell her that's not what we're going to do and uh, that, that works out well too, but um, she's been a great uh, partner in this adventure. Elbert County, I want to thank you. You all have been tremendously supportive of us. Uh, when I see people in Walmart and Safeway and uh, in the county building and they, they come up and shake my hand and say thank you for what you're doing, I, I really appreciate it. it. It keeps us going and, and uh, it means more than you know. Uh, For my church family, uh, many of you are here. uh, For the extended uh, church people throughout the county, Um, I've lost count of the number of people who said they're praying for us, even just this afternoon, uh, saying it, and I I appreciate it. It it makes a difference, and it it keeps it going. Uh, I want to recognize my family. They're here tonight. Uh, They've been tremendously supportive, um, and it's not always easy to to hear or see uh, bad things written about their dad, um, but they've hung in there. Truth and transparency must be present in our elections, has to be present in our election. A recent poll of 40% 40 of Americans now question the outcome of our elections. The only way, the only way to bring confidence back is through truth and transparency. If Jenna Griswold is interested in fair and free elections, as she says every time she opens her mouth, she will work with the Elbert County elections, using IT experts supplied by us and the SOS to evaluate our drives and put the questions and suspicions to bed. Elbert County elections can be the best thing that ever happened to Colorado elections. If there is nothing to hide, and Colorado is the gold standard, then I challenge Ms. Griswold to use our images and prove it.
3: well i trust that you all have a much better understanding of why we are in the place that we are right now and i think it's important that we remember that all of us in the united states i don't care what color you think you are we all bleed the same and when We don't have enough people like Dallas to stand up to protect the fabric of how this country was formed. We're in a lot of trouble. So you've gotten to see what courage looks like, and you know it's not an easy road. A lot of you are even closer and and spend more time with Dallas than I do. So I just challenge you to do your part and spread the truth. Even when people don't want to hear it. There are a lot of people out there who truly believe they're doing the right thing as a journalist. And they're deceived.
0: All right, guys, so I hope you're paying attention. There's a lot of information in that go back and watch this uh, in a few moments. We're going to be starting the second hour of this show, and we do have Dallas Schroeder. So make sure that you're paying attention. Share the living crap out of this, uh, because this is a really big deal. Uh, so we're going to uh, talk about Mike Lindell real quick. Let him talk to you about Pillow. someone else that we should be supporting for everything that he has been doing to save our country and fight for the American people. Uh, so we'll be back in a couple minutes with Dallas Schroeder Live. Hello,
2: I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the MyPillow that started it all my pillows patented fill adjust to your exact individual needs regardless of your sleep position because it works we've sold over 70 million my pillows and now i'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever for example you get my standard my pillow now only 1988 with your promo code now's the time to get them for your friends your family your neighbors everyone you know my pillows make the best gifts ever in the times we're in, one thing we all need is getting a great night's sleep. So go to mypillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard mypillow for only 19.88. For a more custom fit, my
0: premium queen only 24.98 or That my is promo code cake, CD21. Only
2: 29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now. Mike Lindell and I want to give each and every one of you one last chance to get my original my slippers go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now use your promo code and you'll get your very own my slippers for only $49.98 that's $90 off and the biggest savings ever what makes my slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slippers my slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Not only that, they come with an indoor outdoor sole so you can wear them anytime, anywhere. I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. And now you can get them for the best savings ever only $49.98. Go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now to get your very own My Slippers for only $49.98. That's $90 off. We have extremely low quantities, and once they're gone, they're gone. So order now.